0: Sean is in the studio, it's time to go round the courts. Good morning to you, Sean. Good morning, good
1: morning. And I felt like walking in here with a placard this morning, you know, one of those sandwich boards, the end is nigh, yeah, <laughs> repent yeah. now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, what about that guy walking around in sackcloth and ashes? <laughs> agape, that's the Greek word for love, isn't it? For love, it? that's right. Or, or, and, or uh, there, ain't, gr- there ain't
1: no love now.
0: Aren't there four Greek words for love? I don't know. There's eros, which is Philios, physical love. Phileos. is agape. friendship. Agape. Ooh, hang on, now I'm stuffed. What's it mean? Well, it means love.
1: It means one point two million dollars if you're still loyal. <laughs> That's what it means.
0: Yes. How do these people? I just watched the the Waco series on um, on uh, SBS on Demand. Extraordinary bit of bit of documentary making or mockumentary making, to use a Rob Reinerism. But um, the thing that that I the starting question I've got is what makes people join? In the case of Agape, a lot of
1: it seems to be desperation. I go back to a lady who got her money during the first settlement for the Agape. And for readers, listeners, sorry, who don't know, this is the Agape Doomsday Cult. 2010, the police raided their properties, found detonators, found ammunition, found weaponry. They preached a doctrine that the world was going to end, that everybody needed to flee to the South Pacific to avoid global apocalypse, beheadings, microchippings, gassings, things like that. The followers of Agape's self-styled messiah, Rocco Leo, donated $8 million on top of his multi-million dollar multi-state empire to build this sanctuary for themselves in the South Pacific. But when the police raided, he vanished. He's off to Vanuatu. He's still there to this day in defiance of an arrest warrant for an assault charge. And ever since, the courts have been trying to disentangle and divvy up the money and get it back to the people that Mm. gave it in the first place. There's a lady in the first set of lawsuits who was profoundly disabled, Um, stuck in a wheelchair, limited communication. Her family took her to (coughs) Agape. Excuse me, there we go. I hope that wasn't a plague of frogs in my throat. Yes, yes. Took Green her to Agape with the hope that she'd be healed on this mystical island in the South Pacific. $250,000 they gave. Oh, wow. So there's a lot of desperation there. There's a lot of hope we heard on um, earlier this week when the final $9 million. What a figure. The final $9 mm. million dollars was divvied out. One woman was a single mother who was hoping that she and her children would have a better life if they donated to Agape, if they were part of this. And there are still people that are loyal To Rocco Leo to this day There's one woman who comes to court regularly And acts as his messenger And even told the court last year That if you move against God God's hand will move against you And the judge said Well that's great But there's also a lot in the Bible About paying your taxes on time too Yeah, Agape owes (laughs) $13.4 million in unpaid taxes, and that's money the Australian taxpayer will never see again. Why can't he be extradited from Vanuatu? Well, Vanuatu apparently isn't prepared to send him away. They're quite
0: happy to have him there operating his White Horse Ministries or whatever it's called this week. It's got a dodgy history as a country of um, money laundering and tax havens, and and they've they've actually got um, judgments against them by international courts for, for playing fast and loose up there with their uh, their tax arrangements and the one time he was arrested
1: on behalf of the south australian police the former now former dpp said there's no cha- reasonable prospect of a conviction on these charges we'll actually let him go and so he's been let go and he's been there ever since so mm. with the exception of the assault charge there is nothing outstanding on rocco leo but he's of course not prepared to come back to australia and stump up his claim for that final <laughs> nine million so he's lost out but those loyal to him are going to walk away with 1.2 million dollars.
0: it's an incredible story um we had an interesting chat off air a moment ago. You've noticed something of a, uh, a conflation. There's some confusion that's begun um, to, to get out there with regard to how home detentions work. And the ongoing debate about home detention, of course, coming to a head in the last seven days with um, Labor introducing a bill to prevent child sex offenders from being able to get out in home detention on account of illness or age uh, at the sentencing stage.
1: Yeah, there's really two issues here, and one is home detention bail, Mm. and one is home detention sentencing. Now, this all came up in the first place because of an application for home detention sentencing. Vivian Frederick-DeBoo, who we talked about on the show, horrifically abused multiple boys over the years. He's waiting to be sentenced for two of his victims right now, young men in the 1990s, now grown men, who suffered at his hands. He's asked for a home detention sentence to continue living at his house in Pasadena and serve whatever prison term he gets under house arrest. Dubu is already on home detention bail mm. in that same address and has been on home detention bail for the entire three-and-a-half-year legal saga that it's taken to get to this point. There's been some agitation in the community now about there's a pedophile living amongst us. Well, he has been for a very long period of time. For me, the argument is it once he's pleaded guilty once he's staring down the barrel of a prison term, why did his home detention continue at that point? Now, obviously, a court has decided for whatever reason it needs to. That's different to home detention bail, where someone has been charged, they haven't been convicted, and as we talked about on the show last week, they could be waiting between 14 and 18 months for their second court appearance. Do we really want to shove everybody in prison on the suspicion that they might have done something, rather than parceling out home detention bail to people who... The authorities are satisfied. Are not going to be violent. Are not going to be at great risk. There's some cases, obviously, where you can't do that. Mm. There are some charges that are obviously far too heinous to say no. We're prepared to let you out in the community. But when we look back at the very first case that was caught by this 14 month delay, it was the southern suburbs rapist, yeah, a yeah. yeah, yeah, rapist. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, he still hasn't faced court a no, second time and yet. It's and it's still he's been months on bail that entire
0: time. Still months away. Not till March next year. Yeah, he's been. He's been out this entire year, hasn't it? Because it was right. last year. Last year. When that happened. Oh, very
1: early this year. Very early yeah, this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is the the problem here, and what I'd like listeners to remember is that there are two separate issues here. Equal gravity, mm. but it's not just a matter of is home detention good or bad. It's home detention prior to conviction and home detention post-conviction. Yeah. I and think I'd in... argue that what we need to look at urgently is home detention post-conviction, Absolutely. and for sentencing. Yeah.
0: Well, if, you, if you're if you going down the shops or going down to the dog park in Pasadena today and you see DeBoo wandering around, you, you know that he's pleaded guilty. He's put his hand up and said, yes, I did those horrible, horrible things. Well, if he's
1: walking around in the dog park, he's in breach of his home detention well, bail. Well, that's, that's true. If you see him outside, you should call the cops straight away because that means he's breached his home detention bail and he should go straight into So he's lock-up. not allowed to leave
0: his house at not all? Not allowed
1: to leave his house without a leave pass. Well that's... He,
0: well, that's the thing, though. With a leave pass, so what, he could say, he could still say to his parole officer, I need to go down to the Pasadena shops. Can I do that? And they'd probably parole say... The parole officer's
1: going to say no. You reckon? For the sort of charges that he's on, for the idea that he is a sex predator, the parole officer's going to say no. They're going to say yes to an urgent medical appointment. They're going to say yes to a dental
0: appointment. Mm. They're going to say yes to... Well, okay, life, a, de- a dental, dental appointment. Things... I was at the dentist with my 15-year-old daughter yesterday. Like if you've if you've pleaded guilty to what he's done, I reckon, you know, you get your teeth fixed in hospital.
1: That's what I'm saying. And this is the debate that we need to have. And yeah. this is why, and I'm not trying to get into partisan politics here, but this is why to have a knee-jerk, all right, one case has turned up, let's quickly slap some legislation mm. down on it, is not really helpful because it doesn't think through all the potentials here that we're talking about, all mm. the issues that we're mm. talking about. Yeah. yeah. Even though, unquestionably, Child sex offenders should not be serving home detention. Let me put that out there right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, there's no point, doubt all about agreed. that. Yeah. But let's let's do the legislation <laughs> properly the first time because the reason we're in this situation in the first place is because the last time it was talked about, it was done in this slapdash manner. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: absolutely. Sean, as always, great to have you in. Excellent Thanks, guys. Stuff. Sean Fuster from The Advertiser joins us every Thursday and we go around the corner.